Two N U R F M. It's health and wellbeing with Peter Mullen, our sponsor. Peter, now we we've sort of tickled around the edges here, but prostate cancer. We should really just come out with it and say that is the elephant in the room for many men these days, and it really shouldn't be. Yeah, absolutely, and it's the it's basically the most commonly diagnosed cancer, excluding non melanoma skin cancer. So it is top of the chart so to speak and it was interesting last week we had a caller when we were talking about cancer generally and the lady was talking about her and her husband's experience and how a really big thing for them was actually being able to talk about cancer like even coming on the radio today I thought oh cancer is a tricky topic but I thought it really needs to be discussed openly as okay it's a situation that's arisen we know there's some risk factors involved how else can we support this person through their process you know, choosing the different paths that they're going to choose, not make it something that is not talked about as if you talk about it, it's going to make it worse or make it go away or... I think, you know, we used to say the big C word. People were even frightened of cancer and the word and the connotations that came with it. I think we've progressed beyond that a little bit, but you're quite right in there's It's almost like a stigma still that surrounds it when really technology and treatment has overtaken that so much and I think leukemia is a great example and I have the statistic in my head that 10 years ago a child diagnosed with leukemia had a 10% survival rate these days it's 90 that's so phenomenal isn't it it and is that's a short period of time and as well. it stuck with me because I found that so astounding And a lot of cancer treatments have changed. But as you've said last week, and I know you want to talk about it today, the accompanying treatments that you can offer and natural medicine can offer have also come ahead and there's so much to talk about. But we want to talk to you. 49216216 is the number. Maybe you're a man that's been diagnosed with prostate cancer. You'd like to have a chat to Peter just about your experiences. Maybe you're someone who has you know, been through treatment, we would love to hear from you and really talk about it more openly on the radio and, and just in general conversation. Yeah, I think I think the more it is sort of debunked, I think the easier it is for everyone to sort of understand. And actually, I turned 50 this year. So this year, this is my year for men's health, obviously, it's taken a whole new interest for me becoming 50 myself this year happy and, birthday um, has it has it happened not yet, yet oh not yet. we're still i'll to... keep you updated oh very good yep. <laughs> so for me like you know and things like prostate cancer the risk of prostate cancer younger than 40 is very rare but after 40 it, it sky after 50 rather it skyrockets so this is the year for me to be starting to think about those more serious preventative health care tests and measures that can be done to really prevent future problems hello louise how can i help I am interested in this talking about the prostate cancer because my father-in-law went to his GP and he decided he needed to um, do a rebore because he wasn't peeing very well. Yes. Right. Yes. Now, when he done the rebore, it come out with a whole stack of cancer in it. Right. Right. Now, my husband does the same thing that a lot of men seem to do. Piddle, piddle, stop, piddle, piddle, stop. Yes. Piddle, stop, piddle, piddle, stop, piddle, piddle, stop. Yep. He does that all the time. And has, has he been for an examination himself? A long time ago, yes. Okay, well, uh, we were just, Meryl and I were just talking about this and the challenges that men face in, you know, following through with health, health concerns. You're concerned, obviously, about what's going on with your husband? Yeah. I mean, he knows that he's overweight. 
and he he he's addicted to sugar. He yes. tries to not have the sugar, but as I said, he's addicted to the sugar, right? Yes. yes. And that's not going to help him lose any weight. And, and he knows that, so and he's struggling de- with that. Definitely a link between um, carrying extra weight, obesity, insulin resistance, and both benign prostate swelling and prostate cancer. So mm. definitely, there's some risk factors going on there for your husband that would, if you know, would predispose him towards having concerns. Particularly, family history can play a role as well. Yeah. So you've you've obviously talked to your husband about going and getting checked out properly again. I haven't. Yeah. Look, I think um the. <laughs> but, yeah. The the testing, you know, the number of men that actually get tested is is ridiculously small, and I think anyone having any symptoms of um, uh, interruption to passing water needs to go and have uh, a blood test done. You know, PSA is mm-hmm. not the the most accurate marker for cancer, but it definitely picks up inflammation, <laughs> and he definitely needs to see his GP and, and with his father's history get some testing done and just see where he's actually up to. Yeah. We can encourage him to do that, Louise. I think that's probably the first step in the journey. But, look, thank you for phoning, and I think you're you're pretty much on the money there that if something's happening like that, technology and and the treatments these days have really leapt ahead. Thank you so much. Yeah, right. Thank you very much. All the best. Yeah, it's, again, just one of those areas, Peter, where people are incredibly, and when I say people, I mean men, are incredibly sensitive about it obviously. But do you think it's almost reverse sexism? Can I throw that out there? I I actually, I I think it is. I'm I'm just going to be straight with you, Peter. I think that um, whilst it's still a man's world in many ways, this is one area where men, and I don't know whether it's a genetic thing across the eons, you know, back when we were in the caves, whether men had to be viewed as fit and healthy and virile. And if somehow there's something going on with their health, they just feel as though they've got to hold it in. They don't trust doctors. They don't want to talk, even talk to their partners about this often. Yeah, I agree. And I think um, it's interesting with men, like because the whole concept of being man is, you know, being being virile and having a good libido. And and interestingly, that our most common cause of um, cancer, but our most common cause of health concern. Most men will end up with a swollen prostate. So it's interesting that our biggest area that we're all concerned about is our biggest area of health. And the the challenging thing with something like um, prostate cancer, like early diagnosis is definitely the key. And often people are asymptomatic when they're in the early stages. So testing needs to happen before men have symptoms. Going to the phones, Sandy, hello and welcome to 2NURFM's Health and Wellbeing. Hi, how are you, Meryl? How can I help, Sandy? Um, I just got some advice for men out there. Yes. I worked. I worked privately for a doctor for six years. Yes. Now he let it go, and his prostate cancer ended up so bad he is now impotent for the rest of his life. Wow! Wow! And he was a doctor. Yeah, it's and interesting. He, and he got it at fifty-two years old. Yeah, wow. Well, salient wow. message. Sandy, thank you for making that phone call. And that's, that's a reminder. If it can happen to a doctor, it can pretty much happen to anyone. 2NURFM's Health and Wellbeing with Peter Mullen today. Peter, you were reading out statistics about 
prostate cancer and men's awareness compared to breast cancer. And we know there's been a terrific job done for women and breast cancer awareness. And I guess the Jane McGrath Foundation has been one of the big players in this. But what's what are the stats? Well, just this was from a survey um, back in 2002. And it from a, a, a wide cohort sort of interviewed, it showed that while 78% of women felt well-informed about breast cancer, only 52% of men felt informed about prostate cancer. Mm. So that's quite staggering, isn't it? And and to be quite honest, like I think I think a lot of men wouldn't actually know what their prostate is, what their prostate does, or you know maybe even maybe unaware of some of the early stages or early signs or symptoms of a prostate problem. So prostate's a, a, a small gland about the size of a walnut, mm-hmm. and it sits down sits around the tube that goes from the bladder to the outside world. Okay. Um, and the main role of the prostate is to produce um, food and nutrients, basically for sperm. Okay. So it's very much it's, a, it's our hormonal equivalent of a woman's ovaries in some respects. Oh, okay, yes. Now, one theory as to why the prostate and even breast can- breast tissue is so maybe more prone towards cancer is because they're tissues that are hormonally involved. Oh, yes. Like with women's breast tissue, that breast tissue is aggravated or inflamed slightly every month and possibly the same with the prostate as well. So that's maybe what predisposes these organs to proliferative cell change. Yeah, and it's interesting because, uh, you know, women at that age of 50 and going into the change of life you've just said you're 50 this year the change of life that's when we really start thinking about men's prostate as well so we do have that in common yeah very much so going to the phones andrew hello and welcome to health and well-being to when you are yes uh good afternoon um look i I just want to briefly tell uh, about the problem i just recently had um, five years ago, I had a urethroplasty done, and for the listeners, it's basically a uh, skin graft of the urinary tract, and and that was done because I had uh, multiple strictures, and um, I had that replaced um, through surgery five years ago. But about six, seven weeks ago, um, I started noticing a bit of uh, pain and discomfort um, in an area where I thought would would probably be the prostate. Um, and I did notice a change in pattern to my um, urine flow. Um, although it wasn't being disrupted or in any way, it just didn't feel right. So I went to the GP and he's, he's basically um, diagnosed it as um, uh, prostitis, uh, infection of the prostate, inflammation, went on antibiotics. Three weeks later, it was still there. Yes. Um, I, I just didn't feel right. Um, I had no PSA done and nor did I have a uh, physical exam of the prostate. Um, So he then sent me to a urologist who I'd been under previously and um, I went for a scan. Now, those scans came back um, negative. There, there there, There appeared to be nothing wrong with the prostate. Um, holding a little bit of uh, urine retention. Yes. Um, I, I still just didn't feel right. Something about it just didn't feel right. So off my own bat, I actually rang um, the surgeon in Sydney who performed my urethroplasty, um, and they made an appointment um, within a week. Yep. Um, so I went down to see him, and he was um, he asked me about my what the PSA was, and I said, well, neither would do a PSA. And he did say that's not the definitive answer. 
but he said it is a, a, a start. At least we know where to start. Yeah. But he did. But he did examine my prostate, and he looked at the he looked at the scans, and he really didn't say much. But when he did examine my prostate, he did say it, it is enlarged. Yeah. Okay. And okay. and and, uh, and I, I went across the road, had a PSA done, and that came back the next day, and that was quite quite low. So he was quite happy with that. And now within myself, I'm quite happy to know that how I am now is probably at the moment going to be um, the way it is. Yeah. Um, I don't have normal symptoms like males maybe getting up in the middle of the night. It was just that I noticed it changed, and I was quite um, disappointed in a way that I actually had to go to Sydney to see a specialist Absol- there. Absolutely. Um, um, and he he was quite astonished. I've got to tell you, he was he was quite astonished about that. And um, the urologist I'd seen here, I'd been I'd seen for twenty years, and yeah. And uh, but now I have a starting point. Yeah, that's great. Andrew. Uh, really, really appreciate that story. It is a it is a trend that I'm sort of noticing with some patients that, like to my mind, like PSA definitely is a marker, and we need a starting point, and we need to notice changes. But uh, some doctors aren't doing the digital exams anymore, and, um, oh, and, and I know quite a few patients that have been picked up once they've had a digital exam that you know that they actually could determine changes. So I think, I think yeah. you know things things change. But um, thanks thanks so much for your story. Yep, yep, not a problem. Thanks, Doc. Good on you, Andrew. And that's just you know, part of the conversation that I really think a lot of men need to hear, and we need to be talking about more frequently. Going to the phones as well, we've got Joe on the line. Hi, Joe. I've just been on hold for a little while, so I was only asleep then. That's okay. I, um, I might have missed the earlier part, so you've answered this uh, already. I apologise. I know you just turned the radio on. My father suffered from prostate cancer. Uh, they got on top of it. He was in his 80s. I think they got it fairly early. Uh, yes. Unfortunately, my, my older brother uh, had his prostate taken out at 61. Yes. So therefore, I have a history. Am I going to the doctors on a six-monthly basis and getting a blood test? Is that going to suffice thus far on 57? Um, I would suggest the um, PSA. I would also suggest having a digital exam as well. Well, I wonder why my doctor didn't recommend that, do you think? Um, well, I'd, I'd ask your GP about that. And I would also um, talk to your GP about some sort of scanning as well. I just think when, when um, you've got that sort of family history... Uh, you really yes. need to keep on top of what's going on. Good on you, Joe. And, and look, thanks so much for your patience. We do have a number of callers trying to get through, which is a really great thing given that we're saying that we need to continue these conversations with men about this. What are some of the things that natural health offers, Peter Mullen? Well, look, the the area of natural health is is, as you know, phenomenal from a preventative point of view. And Interestingly, a lot of the risk factors that, that men sort of fall into, like weight gain, um, carrying too much body fat, insulin resistance, diabetes, all of these conditions increase your risk of developing um, both prostate swelling or benign prostate hypertrophy as well as prostate cancer. So a lot of the dietary and lifestyle means that we'd recommend exercise is absolutely critical, getting your waist measurement down. We probably do need to do at some point a, a men's seminar I think, because there's a lot of really great basic things that men could be doing that have far-reaching effects. Mm. From a dietary point of view, the secret weapon for both breast cancer and prostate cancer is um, broccoli. 
Oh, organic broccoli, the equivalent of five serves a week, can significantly reduce your risk of both developing breast breast and prostate cancer as well as helping if someone has it. Um, And then my other favourite supplement is um, turmeric. Oh, yeah, well, that's, of course, been really in the news, the curcumin. Uh, in curcumin human, component. Type 2 diabetes, it's, it helps insulin resistance. everything. Yep. But, again, it's part of, a, part of a whole because, again, from a naturopathic point of view, our, our approach to helping support somebody with, um, that has prostate cancer or is interested in prevention is to maximise their whole health as much as we possibly can. And what about uh, herbal supplementation and, and stuff like that, Peter? Is that something that you talk to men about, not only from a preventative point of view, but also if they have been diagnosed with prostate yeah, cancer? Absolutely. And we use, we use different herbs. We use herbs to um, try and block um, the effects of estrogen and other hormones on prostate cancer. Um, soya compounds are phenomenal, like everybody's on about. We shouldn't be having soy products, but prostate cancer and breast cancer in Japan is much lower than what it is in the Western world. Wow. Okay. And one of the suspected thoughts is that soy, is, soy products contain phytoestrogens that bind to weaker estrogen receptors. So, so they can actually have a blocking effect. Plant hormone. Type, plant, yeah. plant hormone. So there's, there's a lot that we can do. Let's, uh, let's talk to Dudley. Welcome to 2NUR, Dudley. Uh, yes, good morning. How are you? Well. Um, it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a strange subject for a male, obviously, but I'd just like to put some positive on it, that I'm one of the success stories, so to speak. Fantastic. Fingers crossed, you know. I went to my GP about uh, eight or nine years ago, and just uh, I was over 50, I'm 65 now, and she's just done all the tests as routine. And, of course, uh, we'd all heard, heard about prostate cancer and that, you know. Anyway, it came back quite by uh, shock to me. It came back positive. So immediately I'm down to see the specialist who took the biopsies and that, and uh, sure enough, it was uh, prostate cancer. Yes. You think it's the end of the world. But anyway, I underwent the radiotherapy, and it's been almost six years now I've been clear. Fantastic. Yeah, so there can be, uh, you know, as long as it's caught, I believe it's said often, you know, it's caught early. Yeah, absolutely. So I had no idea. There's no symptoms. Yeah, and that's, that's what seems to be coming through, is that like you, you, it's, it's the early stages of when you can get a good result with treatment, and mm. unfortunately there's not always going to be symptoms. Like, like so many things, if we wait till we have symptoms, you know, it's going to be a lot harder to do Delight. something about yeah. it. Dudley, thank you so much for sharing your positive story. I think we really need to talk to more guys like you and getting the word out there that prostate cancer isn't the end of the world. Uh, it's something that we need to talk more about so that more men hopefully can avoid it. But if they can't, they know that there's lots of avenues. That's the one, yeah. Good on okay, you. Thank you. Thanks for the call. Wow, we've had such a busy day. And look, apologies to people that we haven't gotten to on the telephones today. Thanks so much, guys, for phoning. And, and we had a couple of ladies phone as well. We said we wanted to talk about it, Peter. So I think people are willing to talk. You just need to yeah, give them definitely. the opportunity. And I'm so impressed with the, the men that have rung and the ladies, but the men that have rung in today as well. Like I think it is a forum that we can definitely continue. And if people want some more information, they can go to your website, can't they? Absolutely, absolutely. And um, there's a lot of information on our website about cancer. Um, we will have some talks. Two weeks' time, our next talk in the office will be on allergies for anyone experiencing allergies. And next week, I'll be talking about eczema. And that website? Um, mullenhealth.com.au. Excellent. It's health and wellbeing. We're doing it every Tuesday here on 2NURFM. A big thanks, and we'll catch you next week, Peter. Lovely, Meryl. See you then.